Hey everyone, welcome back to Megan's Old Office here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. My name is J.D. Gorlett. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee, and I am joined once again by my good friend Keith Holmes, who Hello. is uh, the director. What do you do around here? I, I am the director of missions and small group activities. Oh, or on another day, I might be the director of small group and missions activities. Yeah, it sounds like you sit around making coffee all the time. <laughs> Not <laughs> drinking it. Yeah. Drink it. Not true. The guy is very busy with uh, getting you in touch with the great things that God is doing here at Dundee. Mm-hmm. And if you're local and listening to us, and we know lots of people aren't local, but uh, you know, when you come here, we want to get you plugged into the wonderful stuff, and that's Keith. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we've been uh, studying here on uh, Megan's old office. Uh, not about the wonderful things that Keith is doing, but uh, although we love talking about that. I love talking, talking about Keith, we've anyway. Been, we've been talking about the book of Acts, and uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Acts chapter 17. We're going to be reading from Acts 17, so if you want to open your Bibles to that uh, section and follow along, Keith's going to be reading in a moment, but before we do that, uh, Keith, <clears throat> what is uh, when was a time when you had to be your most persuasive, where you had to be so sharp in the area of persuasion, uh, what comes to mind? And then I will follow up with, did you succeed in persuading said listening audience? What immediately comes to mind is whenever I'm pulled over by the police for speeding. (laughs) That whenever. Whenever that might happen. There might be more than once in my life that this has happened. And I can say that uh, I am I am not as successful. What's your go-to argument, dude? Um, is there anything you can do for me? I you know I realized that I had done wrong, but officer, is there anything you can do for me? I used to I used to give a whole big spiel, but as it turns out, I I happen to um, partake in one of the courses that you get to take to keep those points off your license, and the worst possible thing you can say to a police officer is I'm late. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you say, I was speeding because I'm late, the nine times out of ten, the officer will reply back to you, and you're going to be even later. Well, there you go. And so um, not that I'm advocating speeding nor trying to talk your way out of a ticket. By the way, gentle audience, that is not what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you I have tried and I have failed. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, most of the time I just I, you know, I just say I'm, I'm really sorry, officer, and I... You know, I didn't realize I was speeding. I, I I pull a big crocodile, you know, the big puppy eyes, or and it doesn't work. It doesn't it work. Doesn't How about work. used cars? Have you ever and deal and trying to you know negotiate down? or that's a moment where you need to be persuasive. How successful I, are you good at that? I hate that. I I go to CarMax for that reason. When I buy my car, I go <laughs> to CarMax to where it's a out. set price and you don't even have to worry about haggling. Yeah. Yep. But, no, my my uh, I I will say though, for as far as haggling goes, when Alice and I were over in Africa, we saw these these art these craft fish that we hang or that are currently hanging in my bathroom. So that there answers the he question, right? Yeah. But uh, he he uh, he gave us a price that was so exorbitant it was just silly. And he ex- and and we were told in this market you can assume that you're going to haggle, and so of course I'm like, well, no, I can't do that, and I I gave him a totally lowball number, right. and and we worked our way up to a price that I actually ended up being very happy with, yeah. And so so there you go, yeah, you've got so, some ability, yeah. So I actually was able to do that. So that's yes, when when I had to be my most persuasive, you worked, and I did succeed. It, it, good, and good. I have decorations in my house. To good prove for it. you. How uh, about you? Well, uh, you know, as a pastor, I've had you know. Not, 
so you have some interesting ones there that are a little bit more fun than this one, but there have been some, you know, I do funerals as a pastor. I, I speak at funerals, and there's been uh, three or four times, I think, where I've, I've done a funeral of a baby. And uh, oh, so this is one of the hardest things to do. And, and so this is a time when you want to be persuasive <clears throat> in your message, uh, for lack of a better way of saying, uh, to the parents and to the people who are surrounding the parents about the message of God uh, still loving them and being present and uh, being gracious and grace being sufficient, uh, because the loss of a, a child uh, is just devastating, no matter how it happens or presents itself. And as a preacher, you there there are things that you can say. There are things that Scripture allows you to say, that theology allows you to say, but there's no way to walk out of that feeling as if you've been effective. I'm not saying, I mean, it's just the the chaos of that moment mm -hmm. and of that event. Um, no matter how perfectly persuasive you are, no matter how perfectly, and you're, you're trying to persuade, that's not even the right word, you're trying to comfort towards a place, right. you're trying to move... In a persuasion, you're, it is persuasion, but you're, you're you are trying to move someone to 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 a better place. Um, there's no way to walk away from that feeling as if you've been effective at all, even though you probably have more right. so than you than you think. If you, especially if you stay with Scripture and with the true character of God, okay, that's going over time. That's going to, to to win out and and is going to be something that's going to be a blessing, which is what you intend. But you don't walk away feeling as if you've been effective in that that's moment at all. There's just no way to do that. I, you know, I can totally understand that. I mean, I think we all can. That there are situations in our lives where we just you can't walk away feeling good. And yet the or, and, and or successful. Exactly. Sorry to talk over you nope. there. The the book of Acts is very much about persuasion. It's very much about uh influencing people or whatever the situation is towards right. the gospel right. uh, of Jesus Christ and we continue that on the road as it were. This is a travel log with Paul and Silas and they're going to Thessalonica and they're going to Berea. They're going to places I've actually been. Uh, oh, like to, to uh, they go to Athens. They're running around in modern day Greek today in Acts chapter seventeen. And Keith uh, is going to read. What you going to read to us first, uh, read, Uncle Keith? Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, Acts seventeen one to fifteen. And I want you to be thinking about this. This is an interesting question you've come up with here. Mm. What if Paul just didn't bother to declare that Jesus is king? In this story. In this story. Or in, in any... I mean, this could be his whole life, right? What What if he just didn't bother to... Didn't, <laughs> he left didn't that part declare <laughs> that Jesus was king? Okay. All right. So this is... And I love, by the way, the title in this particular translation, The Uproar in Thessalonica. Mm. This is uh, chapter 17, 1 to 15. After Paul and Silas had passed through Amphibiolosis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days argued with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This is the Messiah Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. 
But the Jews became jealous, and with the help of some ruffians in the marketplace, they formed a mob, and they set the city in an uproar while they were searching for Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly. They attacked Jason's house. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some believers before the city authorities, shouting, These people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has entertained them as guests. They are all acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, saying that there is another king named Jesus. The people and the city officials were disturbed when they heard this, and after they had taken bail from Jason and the others, they let them go. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas off to Berea, and when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. These Jews were more receptive than those in Thessalonica. For they welcomed the message very eagerly and examined the scriptures every day to see whether these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, including not a few Greek women and men of high standing. But when the Jews of Thessalonica heard that the word of God was being proclaimed by Paul in Berea as well, they came there too and to stir up and incite the crowd. Then the believers immediately sent Paul away to the coast, but Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving instructions to have Silas and Timothy join him as soon as possible, they left him. Boy, those are some bad reading of of city names. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think it's a tough tough go. I tell you. Amphibialos. You know what uh, I really am interested in before we get into your your question that we asked is that I love it. The, you're a ruffian. I love that they oh, put the, the ruffian. Yes. In. So it's like how how do you get ru- work as a ruffian? You know. Well, I kind of I always imagine <laughs> here. You know, you're a ruffian sitting around picking your nail with your knife. You know, that's the classic look. You know, you're sitting on a box, a crate, or a bag of potatoes, and you got you got your knife out and you're cleaning your fingernails. Man, rioting just hasn't been what it used and, to you be. Know, there, you know, and then here come these sudden, guys. Here come these guys from the synagogue. These are the highfalutin Jewish leaders, and they're kind of by dead of night sneaking yeah. in, saying, "I need to hire." I you. need some ruffians, the usual suspects. Let's round them up and start uh, getting an uproar going. Uh, you know, it's tough getting work as a ruffian, but you know, so you're always ready. For you're it, always right? ready. Yeah. So, what if Paul just didn't declare that Jesus was king? Yeah, let's get back to that. Th- th- so. Th- you're reading, they're in Thessalonica, and he preaches that Jesus is king. He is the, the anointed, the promised one, the Messiah. And this is the reaction of the crowd who, you know, who leads the, the ruffians and the uproar. This guy is preaching that there's another king, not the emperor. This king is named Jesus, and we can't have that. So what if he didn't, what if Paul just avoided that part of the message is what you're asking. Right. This wouldn't have happened. There wouldn't have been an uproar. They wouldn't have dragged Jason, who is a believer, out into the street and beaten him up and demanded bail from him and then threatened him and his family and all that. All of this could have been avoided if Paul had just simply watered down the message, Keith, and not claimed that Jesus was the Messiah. None of this would have happened. If Paul would have just stand, stood up and said, you know who's really a nice guy? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is a nice guy. You know who's a really good friend? This guy named Jesus. That's, if he would have just said that, there wouldn't have been a riot. Right. But no, Paul is really stubborn. He's got to go to Thessalonica and, and say he, he's too stupid. Paul is too stupid to know not to say 
that Jesus is king. Why? What is wrong with Paul? Doesn't he know that it's going to make that's people m- upset? You know not, that uh, I'm making a very oh, obviously, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's you know, and it is. How many of us in the, how many of us in our positions water it down because we want to be liked? We don't want the right. uproar. We don't want that exactly. because I mean, we've talked about this obviously in in our time together. Just how easy it is to water it down because we want to be liked. Right. Your pastor and your director of missions and small groups. We we want friends, guys. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to hurt your feelings, and we don't want to. But you know what? God isn't going to let us get away with that. Right. We are going to tell you that Jesus is King, and He is the Lord of your. And he needs to be the Lord of your life, and we don't care where you think you are right now. We want you to know that this is what God has told us to do, and get on board, or or you know, we'll keep telling you. Well, we yeah. we we want the things of ego. Uh, we want adoration, right? Uh, and and there are a lot of pastors and a lot of churches that will stand up and tell you what you want to hear, so uh, you know, so as to avoid controversy. Mm-hmm. This is a very modern uh, story. Uh, Paul knows darn well that mm-hmm. if he stands up and declares that Jesus is the King, the tr- one true King, that Jesus is the Messiah, that that is going to upset people. And yet, what if he didn't do that? Well, if he didn't do that, there wouldn't be controversy. There wouldn't have been an uproar. There wouldn't have been the violence. Except there also wouldn't have been the truth. He right. would have not been telling the full truth. And churches and church leaders and individual Christians have to be willing to tell themselves and others what the truth is. Right. Jesus is king. You right. are not. Jesus is king. The things that you're worshiping right now are not king. They right. are a lie. Right. How many of us, in the answer of just the status quo, in the in the interest of appeasement of others and appeasement of self, just refuse to tell ourselves the truth about the true king of our lives, whether it be, you know, ego or alcohol or or work or 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 anything else. Yep. This is the true king of our lives. And how are we going to react to ourselves or to somebody else outside who says that's not the what you're doing is not the true king. You are worshiping a, a, a king that's not a king. The true king is Jesus. Well, when somebody comes in and preaches that, and we can preach that to ourselves, that is going to bring turmoil into our Absolutely. lives because that is that is change. Let me ask you this question okay. because I think this is a very important modern question for today. Which is easier to do? Is it easier to be violent or is it easier to admit that you're wrong? Ah, so now we're talking the other side of this coin right. because Paul is one side of the coin saying, I'm not going to forego this. I'm not going to keep the peace. I'm not going to keep... He's stubborn. He's stubborn. In a it, wonderful way. In a very wonderful way. And and now we're looking at the other side of the coin, these people that hear this. Well, I think it's mo- so much... It's easier to be violent. It's easier to be um, op- oppositional in that case because the gospel I'm preaching, the good news I'm giving is we can be like we are and not need a God if we get rid of this guy. Mm -hmm. And how many of us love that message? How many of us love, and as you I love what you say, we worship at the church of me. How easy is it for me to get rid of you so that I can continue to to worship at the church of me? It's so much easier than admitting I'm wrong, because nobody... I look at American, especially American men, man, we have a huge hard time saying we're wrong. 
I, uh, what is it? The three hardest words to say. I was wrong, dear. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? <laughs> and so, well, I was That's wrong. Four That's four words. See, I, I was wrong. <laughs> Just simply that. I but was wrong, is, Lord. I am, yeah, I am wrong, Lord. I mean, but, but you know, we, we've been brought up. I mean, certainly, you know, someone of my generation has been brought up with the idea that man is never wrong. I mean, I remember my dad saying that. Well, I'm a Holmes man, so I'm never wrong. Mm, you know, and, and I wasn't tease, getting. And I te- yeah, I tease Alice with that, but I don't believe my dad was all that wasn't joking all that much. So, yeah. but I think that was something his father probably said to his mom. Well, it's reflective so. of an yeah. attitude, and I yeah. I put this question in for a discussion. I'll just turn right into it because I yeah. see this as something that's happening, obviously, in our world today. Uh, something that is a very big problem in our world today. Remember what the original and think about it out there, audience. Is it easier to be violent than it is to admit that you're wrong? Think about what's happening in our world today. Mm-hmm. Think about who has the microphone, if right. you will, and who is making the most noise in our society yep. uh, today. Uh, are, are do you think that those groups, those leaders, are better at you know being loud? Mm-hmm. being argumentative, and even being violent? Yep. Or are they better at admitting when they're wrong? I don't see a lot of leaders, uh, many leaders from either side, from either pole, being at all good at admitting that they're wrong. Right. And yet, you could sit here, both of us could say, and you make the point that we're working both sides of this story, you could, you could say, oh, there wouldn't have been any violence at all if Paul would have just watered down the message right. and not mentioned and not declared that Jesus is the king. And he did that for three successive Sabbaths. He was really diligent. He was very stubborn about it. You could say that there wouldn't be any violence at all if he had watered down the message. There also wouldn't have been any violence at all if the people would have said, instead of being violent, would have simply said, you know something? We've been wrong with the way that we've lived. We need to make changes. We're responsible for these sins. We need to concentrate on the things that we do wrong. Our group, our family, our, our, you know, special little section of the world, we need to attend to the things that and take responsibility for the things that we aren't doing. No, right. no, 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 no. No one is doing that today, yep. I would argue. And instead, uh, they doth protest too much, we, me thinks. Yes, and, indeed. And, and uh, get loud, get even violent, be, not because uh, of any other reason than that it's just anathema to them. Uh, and this is, we're all guilty of this. Absolutely. Uh, it's anathema to us to sit here and say, I'm wrong and I need to make some changes. Well, I like how you said both sides of this, of our situations in our present day world are doing it because, guys, violence begets violence. Escalation is not an answer, I don't believe. So, you know, repentance, understanding that, you know, where we are and where we come from are, is so much, so important to what we're doing and and how we can change our world. Because Paul is changing the world. Paul is not, I wouldn't say single-handedly changing the world, but, but... I mean, God through Paul is changing hearts and lives, and I think you 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 know the point you made about him watering down the there'd be no violence there'd be. No, I also believe there'd be no conversions. Right. I believe people hearing right. a watered down message will ultimately say, "Well, then I'm fine just the way I am." Exactly. And You're so, exactly right. So I think it's very important that we realize we're wrong, 
based on the fact of these stubborn people preaching the gospel of this man named Jesus and our God on earth. Named One of Jesus. the great frustrations that I have in the world today is there are too many places, too many places calling themselves churches mm-hmm. who are, are, are have watered it down so much that you're exactly right. The people who listen to it say, oh, okay, well, this is Christianity. Yeah. Uh, it's not, by the way, right. but oh, this I've already got that. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, I'm this sounds you know, this yeah. sounds like what I get out of my TV news. Uh, yeah. That so I've got that mastered. Right. Uh, it, that, that's very, it's very frustrating to me. The so message who, by nature, the message of Jesus Christ, is going to shake things up. Right. If you preach it right, right, it is going to really. We see that throughout the Book of Acts. It's right. going to really shake things up. Right. And it's it's an offensive message. It was like we talked about last week when you know the what what's the most difficult part about preaching forgiveness of sins? Well, that they're the number one, you're a sinner. Yeah, yeah nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, they, right, everybody exactly. wants to know they're just fine. Right. And, and, but no, when we take that step toward that truth, when then we get going along. So who is this Jason? What's Jason's story here? What what's going on here with this guy named Jason? Don't we feel sorry for Jason? Jason's just a nice guy. <laughs> He just, you know, we talk about, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a nice guy? Well, this is what happens to nice guys. Right, and what happens to him? So Paul and Paul and Silas are, are preaching, and, and all, everybody's getting stirred up, and so it's like, it's like they can't find, but they can't beat Paul and Silas enough. They're looking for Paul. Well, here's here's Jason. Let's just beat him. He up. he 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 was hospitable. <laughs> he entertained them. He gave them a heads up or something like that, or made them a. a he made peanut a, butter sandwiches. I was just say he was making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for him. What is what his story is is guilt by association, right. and and uh, and the fact that uh, we have to be ready for that. that, yep. that he doesn't. Uh, so he doesn't hide away from that. Uh, he suffers the punishment of being associated with the gospel. And we said the last week uh, that the journey that of the that the gospel takes through the world and through our lives is going to be fraught with some persecutions. Right. We talked about, uh, you know, coming into the kingdom of God by means of per- persecution, and we don't, it, it, we don't earn our way. No. Don't hear us say that you earn your yeah. way into the kingdom. You only get into the com- kingdom by means of, of God's mercy and God's grace. That is alone, by God's election. Okay, great. Uh, but the persecution has a sanctifying effect. It, right. has a, it, it has a crafting effect upon you. And uh, and you can't you shouldn't uh, resist that either. And Jason is is uh, going is facing that. And you, you it know. sounds like he's a relatively new Christian too. Probably. Wow. I mean, what strength of character? I, what what well, I should the say more more a testament of the Holy Spirit in his life that he can he can remain unshaken through a beating and, and I hope he could. incarceration and and because he goes out and you know I mean he he leaves after paying bail and he keeps he goes right back to probably doing what he was doing exactly so. So want to keep going here. We got a few more minutes. So yeah, wanna, let's cue uh, it up, though, yeah. Keith. I, yeah. you may have been doing this, so I might be stealing your thunder. But just so you, just to you know, to finish to, to seal it up, we were in Thessalonica, and there's mm-hmm. a there's a riot. Oh, great, another riot. And now we're moving on to Athens. Okay, right. so we were Thessalonica to Berea. That we're in what is modern day Greece, right. and uh, and now uh, Paul and is moving on to to uh, Athens in, in Keith's going. What are you going to read? I'm going to read sixteen to twenty three. Or excuse me, thirty four. Okay, sixteen to thirty four. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. 
So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it all means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of them, the Areopagus, and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship. I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, who uh, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in the shrines made by human hands, nor is he he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries and the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by art or imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and all this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some scoffed, but others said, We will hear you again about this. At that point, Paul left them. But some of them joined him and became believers, including Dionysus and Aeropagite and a woman named Damarius and others with him. Boy, that Aeropagite was... (laughs) So he apparently lived in the Aeropagus. Anyway, I just... As we finish that reading, I just it's it amazes me how polite they were. Uh-huh. I mean, we went from a riot, deferential, and deferential to this. It's just so. But what uh, what's good and bad about always being willing to listen to something new? We well, talk about the Oropagus being a place where that's what they did. They mm-hmm. talked about new things, right? You you make a really good point. This is a great contrast to what we just read in right. Thessalonica right. and how. They didn't. They weren't even happy in Thessalonica to riot in Thessalonica. You'll remember they moved they, on to Berea, which right. is still to this day is just up the road from what's called Thessaloniki today. Ah. Uh, and the Thessalonians weren't happy. Well, let's go to Berea and and bring the ruffians with you. Right. You know, let's bring have some with. more. Let's have some more rioting. And now yeah. we go to Athens, which is down the road a number of miles. 
And the it's a complete contrast, isn't it? You make right. a great point at the Arabigas. Their whole thing is, oh, we're going, you, we're going to have the free. We're not going to have riots. We're going to have people say whatever they want, and we're just going to sit there and we're going to listen. And it's just going to be fun to listen to new ideas. And I mean, you can sell me anything. Right. You can talk about anything, whatever you want. Now that's really great. That's mm. just really cool to be just so open to new things. Right. But you don't get the impression here at all from the people of Athens, that they have really any sense of making any choice of believing in any one particular thing. They're right. all, they're open to hearing all kinds of stuff, but they are also not open to the idea at all of committing to anything at all. So one wonders, is it worse to be a Thessalono Thess from Thessalonia, uh, Thessalonica and be you know just really inclined towards anger and rioting, right. and just be stubborn ah. about what you believe and maintaining right. and all that kind of stuff? Or do you want to be this, you almost hear this heart music around the Athenians <laughs> who are open to listening to anything, but they're not going to believe it. They're also not going to believe. So right. there's some good and there's some bad for right. both of these things. Absolutely. It's easier to think of the people from Thessalonia, uh, Thessalonica in, in bad terms as if they're just, because they're violent. Right. But what are you going to do with the Athenians, uh, Keith? Exactly. You know, you know, well, I, I mean, it, it's it, both of these really are things that are playing out in our modern world, in my opinion. The violence that we're seeing today was violence like in Thessalonica. Um, and, and the idea that, you know, you do you. Oh, right. those words just make me grind my teeth. Right. You do you, I'll do me. Right. And, and it's just... But that's what they're basically saying. I mean, it's, a, it's the modern translation of what we just read is, hey, man, you do you. It's cool. Yeah. You, you're good. I, and, and so what's the next new thing you want to tell me? Right. Because I want to know. I want And there's, it, it, again, both people do not want to change. One's just more polite about it than right. the other. And the Athenians are much this message of, okay, that's your truth. Mm -hmm. I would yeah, characterize there, there, them yeah. as that, that kind of modern day part of Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. That's a truth that works for you. That's right. your truth space, if you will. I heard right. somebody use that phraseology. As if there is no true truth. Right. There is no right. ultimate There's truth. There's no absolute truth. There's no right. absolute truth. The absolute truth is Jesus is the, is God, is Amen. the Son of God, the atoning sacrifice. That's the ultimate truth. That is yep. unavoidable. You might not like it right. uh, at all, but that doesn't make it any less true or authoritative. Right. He is king, and that's it. And, and, and Paul preaches that mm -hmm. in both places. Uh, and and you're right. It's very interesting where, oh, the Thessalonians, they just want to kill and destroy. They get violent. It, the Athenians like, oh, well, that's nice, Paul. Good for you. That I'm so glad that works for you, but this is all very relative. And, 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 and neither one of them change. Exactly. That's, that's except for, you know, Dionysus and, and a couple others there that said there at the, at, at, the end of the, at the end of the chapter there. Um, just both are just brick walls. And my gosh, why does God make Paul bang his head against these brick walls? Right. And and but we're told to do it right. because it is not up to us to change the hearts and minds of people. That's the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. We just need to continue doing the travel log, I guess. You know what I mean? It's right. just like we need to be like Paul and just keep moving. Well, you know, God told the, the, the prophet Ezekiel that, Ezekiel, I've made your head as hard as flint. Yeah. And so it's like I think that God did that with Paul because, right. you know, 
you're going to run into these people who are going to, you're going to get so dug in, less like the people from Thessalonica, and so resistant that, and so stubborn to you. And then you're going to run into these real softies right. who are going to evade any kind of commitment at all. So we're, we got to get you out of here. We're right. out of time. Right? We, we, we are. We out. were. Yeah, we are. So out we need of time, to close but... out with, you know, why would Paul's message be shocking to the Athenians? It's shocking to the Athenians because the Athenians just have this mentality that there's just there's just all of these different good messages. Right. There's just all of these good ways. They're all and they're all equal. Right. And and the listen to us tell you is as, as Christians, believers in scripture, that's not true. There the all messages, there aren't multiple ways to, to to God. There's one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That I'm. That's not me. That's Jesus talking. Right. And it, it, he's not saying, you know, I'm one of many ways. I'm a pretty good way. You may want to give it thought. Uh, but there's other ways. You know, right. Jesus is never this way. Not when he's with us, and not when he's speaking through Paul in the Book of Acts. Amen. Amen. Know? And amen. And that would have been shocking to the Athenians. Right. And it's shocking to the audiences today yes, who want to come into our churches and say, "Oh, I want to hear about Jesus, and I want to see how he fits in with all these other easier ways." With he, other doesn't. He, he doesn't. eliminates all those ways. He says, I'm the only way. And exactly. I, you know, exactly. And I, that's kind of where I was going with my thinking, too. And you've, you've done it very eloquently that, that we can't assume there are other ways because we're told that there are not other ways. And if you're listening and, you, and, and you, you're saying, well, that's not for me, know that it is. Yes, it is. It isn't. It isn't a, a, an edict that a, that a, a mean, hateful God is telling you. You must believe in what I tell you, or you will burn in hell. It's a loving God saying, "Please don't burn in hell. Accept my gift right. of my Son." It, it, he loves us so much. He gave Jesus to die on a cross and resurrect Him back to life for our sins to show us His power, to show us He is the way, the truth, and the life. And it is the truth. Right. It is a, it, and for most of us, I think it's a hard truth. Yeah. But it is the absolute truth. Which is better of God to do? To come to you and say, "Hey, there's a thousand different ways that are really uncertain. Pick one." And You're fine. or to say, "There is this one way. It is the way of Christ, of following Christ, and it is certain. Yep. It is secure. Yep. You know, it's not easy. No. But it's certain and it's secure. I mean, it is not better." To have ten thousand different uncertain choices, right? Than it is to have one path that is certain, secure, and true, and and open and, and an invitation to everyone. That's the, I think the biggest thing that I want to make sure is that it is an invitation to everyone. Right, exactly, exactly. Well said. That's a good way to finish this one. Uh, we, this has been Megan's old office. That was fun. That was. We, I, we, again, once again, the just the joy in acts. Time flies. Thanks for joining us here on Megan's old office. We'll be back with you next week with another episode in the book of Acts. Yeehaw. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's old office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email 
at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.